so I don't know if this is going to be a quick one or not, um, but I'm going to get straight to the point. Let's talk about this Netflix film that just came out titled Aftermath, which depicts it as being a haunted house story. And of course, very interested in new horror, horror films. Me and my wife, we just watched it last night. I feel like it's been out for a couple of days. Uh, I don't know where it sits as far as uh, ratings are concerned. It's really, really new. And I don't mind talking about this as being so new, which I usually try to wait a little while, but I'm okay with this one because it gets pretty wild. So, it comes out, it's got uh, Ashley Green and Sean Ashmore in it. Um, Ashley Green, some people might know from uh, the Twilight series, and Sean Ashmore, I know him from, in the X-Men films, he plays... Um, uh, Frost, I believe the character's name is in the X-Men, but moving on from that, they play a couple, a married couple, who are going through a bit of a tough time. They're in, like, marriage counseling. It turns out the wife had an affair, and they're trying to work things out. So one of the things they do is they go, okay, we have to change our environment. So they move into this house. Well, it just so happens that the character played by Sean Ashmore, the husband, he works for, like, a crime scene cleanup company. So, he just cleans up a house where a murder-suicide occurred. So, the house is... He knows the house is listed really cheap. So, he's like, let's buy this amazing house for pretty much a quarter of what it's really worth. Because nobody wants to buy it because there was a murder-suicide in it. And she was like, not about it at first, the wife. And then she was like, okay, let's do it. So, they do it. And, of course, weird things start happening, you know, crazy scenarios that they get into when it comes to as simple as the mail acting up, them getting mail that they don't order or anything, to her being seeing things in the house and the husband not believing her. You know, it's a very common horror movie trope. Only one person sees anything and the other person doesn't believe them. Which has always been odd to me, and I actually had this conversation with my wife too, when she asked me, she was like, would you believe me if I said I was seeing things in the house? And I said, absolutely. Like, why would you tell me that there's things happening, like, to to fuck with me? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I know what her face looks like when it has genuine fear in it, so why, why wouldn't I believe her? That's always something that bothered me about these films. And she made a good point about it too. It's like, I know you so well like we've been married for so long i should know you front and back so when i when you are actually scared i should be able to tell and it's not about oh i don't believe you oh that's not logical oh it doesn't make sense it's like no you should know your 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 spouse you should know what really makes them scared and when they're actually being truthful You'll tell you should you should be able to tell when they're really scared. And if they're really scared, then you should take it seriously. But again, these are movies, and if people took them seriously, then the plot wouldn't move forward. You know, most horror movies aren't based on logic. Let's just say that right off the bat. So this all happens, but now let's talk about what happens at the very beginning. At the very beginning, it's a huge you know black and white letters, inspired by true events. Most of the time, when they say that. They're loose representations. And of course, this is not, you know, shy of that. But let's talk about what really happened. 
So, what's the story that this film is based on? So, the couple that this story is based on, their names are... I think I wrote it down somewhere. Give me a second. Um, Jerry Rice and Janice Rudder. This happened in San Diego. And what happened is, very similar to them. They were having troubles with their marriage. They had a baby. They were pregnant with another baby. And they were like, we have to do a change of scenery. So, they moved to this other house... And weird things start happening. The weird things are just about... Not things that happen directly to them, but things that are happening around them. So the list of weird things that happen are things like their mail flat-out stopping. Or them sending mail to their neighbors that they're not sending. And then their house being listed for sale on numerous um, other real estate websites when they just bought it. So they weren't trying to sell it. So all this stuff is being done and they're not doing it. And then it even gets as crazy as seeing, you know, in the movie, this actually happened. So this happened in real life. The wife sees her profile on a website advertising that she wants to have sex with strangers while her husband's away. Now, the loose representation of that in the film is that it's a dude, it's a dude that finds her profile on a website, uh, I think it's like Craigslist, for a mysterious sex with a stranger that's like a rape fantasy. So there's a scene in the movie where this guy that nobody's seen before in the movie shows up and he's just like, he's all nervous and, he, and he's got flowers and he's like, you're more beautiful than your photo. And she's like, I don't fucking know who you are, please get out of my house. And then he forces himself in because in his mind... He's replying to an ad. He's replying to an ad in the paper that says... Well, not in the paper. He's replying to an ad on a website that says, you know, I want a rape fantasy. Can you give me the rape fantasy I'm looking for? So, loose interpretation on that. A lot of the male stuff is the same thing that happens in the film. Uh, as far as, like, the husband getting mail that he doesn't sign up for. The, 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 the guy who had the affair with the wife, he sends flowers to them. But then when she confronts him, he's like, I never sent flowers to them. So the male thing is pretty much as far as the real story sort of goes. And then here's the conclusion of the real life story. What it turns out to be is they discovered, I don't think it's, I don't think I've ever been able to find it clear how they discover it. But what they discover is there was a, a lady in like a neighboring town. She wanted to buy that house that this family bought. And she went like... I guess crazy in a way where she said that basically like she walked into the house and it was like, you know, birds were singing to me and I just felt like it was my house. So she had, uh, she was under the impression that this couple took the house from her. So she was trying to run them out of the house by doing all of this in their name so she can buy the house herself. It never got physical. She never went into the house or any of that stuff. She was found out. And they, I, I think the courts just, like, decided that she was, you know, unstable. So they gave her, like, um, house arrest and probation for, like, 10 years or something. And it's it, it was apparently a very high-profile case in the San Diego area. So that's the real story. That's how the story comes to an end. The movie definitely differs from that. And it takes a lot of, I want to say, similarities from the movie The Boy. Which I'm not a fan of. Because to me... The Boy was essentially meant to be a Robert the Doll film. It was meant to be an authentic Robert the Doll film. And what it turned out was to just be a guy hiding in the walls. Well, 
for the way this movie concludes, and I'm going to say right now that some spoilers for the next three minutes of this entry, just so you know, I'm going to go explaining where the film differs from the actual real life story. So spoilers ahead, be aware. So where the film differs is that it tells both of these stories kind of combined. So eventually what it turns out to be is that not only is there male issues and there's, you know, issues with people's cell phones and stuff like that and, and security cameras, but there's also a lot of other creepier things happening that are trying to lead to, say, like the wife is doing all of them because she's like either crazy or paranoid or something. So they have a dog. The dog gets poisoned gradually over time and the dog dies. They start to discover that the husband is also being poisoned. So all the fingers are getting pointed to the wife. Because the wife is the only one experiencing these things. And no, and she can't prove any of it. And then the husband has like a stroke because he's been poisoned for so, for so many weeks. And he's in the hospital and they tell him, it seems like your wife is poisoning you. Uh, but there's no proof, so they can't arrest her or anything. And then this rape scenario thing happens. And that's when they finally are able to get a solid piece of evidence that points to the family that they bought the house from. So, a little bit of a differentiator there. So, the family that was living in the house that was um, the victims of the murder-suicide. The husband murdered the wife and then killed himself. That husband's sister inherited the house. The sister's husband didn't like the fact that she sold it for such a little amount of money. Because... They had trouble selling it because a murder-suicide happened. So he, it turned out he was the one behind setting up all of their male issues, doing all of these things where it's a, there was a small stint where they had some um, white supremacist posts on like the internet that was, that they connected to them. They didn't do it. And this husband of the sister, he he admitted to that. He said, yes, I posted that. Yes, I, I fucked with their mail. All of these things that are happening outside of the home, he admits to. So he says, yes, I did all of that because it turned out that he was in like a tremendous amount of debt. And the true to market value sale of that house would have taken him out of it. But because they had to sell it under market price... He couldn't get that money. So he was being a bit devilish in a way. But he's he flat out says, I don't know anything about poisoning or any of that other stuff. I've never stepped foot in the house. So they're like trying to fight and say, like, listen, he's he's admitted to these things because they're lesser offenses than actually admitting that he tried to attack my wife and poison me. So you have to nail him for the rest of this. And then the last 20 minutes of the film, you discover that, yes, that is true. The 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 sister's husband was doing all those things and he wasn't doing the poisoning or the attacking and running around the house. What it actually was, was, and this, and this goes a little deeper into it's into, you know, a different story that you're not told until like later on the, the, the family that was the murder suicide, the husband and wife, the husband killed the wife and then killed himself. That wife was having an affair and they were having marital issues. So that's where you start to lead into the idea that it's like this haunting where they're haunting people with married issues. And so they had, an, she had an affair with somebody. They built this house from scratch. She designed it. The, the guy in the affair paid for it, I believe. 
And then she winded up moving in there with the husband and saying, yeah, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I want to make my marriage work. Well, that pissed off the affair dude. So he murdered them both and made it look like a murder-suicide. Now, where it's even weirder to the extent that this is probably where the story just kind of derails for me and probably I get the idea of this being the big twist is that that guy who she has the affair with, he's the guy who helped design and build the house. He's living in the house. You notice that they never go into a basement. He's living in the basement the entire time. He's who's fucking with their phones. He's who's fucking with the uh, the um the electricity and he's running around the house moving things around. You know, he's turning on faucets and turning off lights and moving furniture and scaring the crap out of her to believe that there's somebody actually lives that there's somebody actually in the house and she can't prove it because he knows where all the cameras are. He has control of all the cameras because he helped install them. And even after they reinstated them, he still had full control over everything. So he's living in the basement. But this all takes place over like maybe a six month period. And this dude, like you see a picture of him and he's got like short, you know, um, I golf on Sunday's hair He's got on like a nice sweater. And he's smiling real big. And then it shows him. He's got long scraggly hair. And his teeth are all ugly. And he's walking around. He looks like Gollum. And the biggest issue I have is. How does a dude look that bad. And sort of have this detachment from reality. After just six months. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like how this guy straight up looks like Frankenstein's monster in such a short period of time. As far as the time period that is explained in the movie. If the time period goes longer, then okay, but that's not explained. From what you're gathering, everything's happening within a less than a year period. It's 100% less than a year. So you're telling me in less than a year... This guy not only grew his hair to, from the shortcut that you see in a photo of him to almost like down his back and it's all scraggly like he hasn't showered in like weeks, which okay, maybe that makes sense, but he hasn't brushed his teeth to the point where his teeth look rotted out and he's crawling around like he, he's six foot tall and the, and the basement's even taller. He's crawling around like he lives in the gutter. And he has this disconnection where he doesn't say anything. He doesn't speak at all. He is just kind of like confused and very easily manipulative because he has no emotional or cognitive ca like capabilities. And like you're telling me that that sort of deterioration happened in six months. I find that a little far fetched. And that's where the film, even though it's a great twist, that's where the film kind of took me back a little bit. And I had to say, okay, this. That's that's bad. That's poor. That's poor decision planning and poor decision making for when it comes to what they wanted to do about how they portrayed this character. If he was this smart dude who tied her up and was just like, you know, you betrayed your husband as well. I'm not going to let you, you know, do it again. Or you betrayed your, your husband is betraying you with his classmate or whatever. And I'm not going to let him do that to you. Like if they had some sort of big dialogue moment where he was able to explain himself to some extent like why he's doing everything and i'm not saying that every film needs that but to me for the lack of explanation this film gave 
he kind of needed that because I still didn't fully understand who he was and I kind of had to look something up to get that. So the fact that this is not that complex of a film where, like, I have to look things up to understand, like, it's not Mother from 2014. It's not the most recent Green Knight film. I don't have to look up a, a synopsis to understand the complexity of, you know, certain film filmography perspectives or anything like that. This isn't that deep of a film. For me to need to look up an explanation to who that guy really was, you didn't do a good job telling the story. That's that's my gripe with this film. But besides that, it is enjoyable. I did enjoy watching it, and I did enjoy the ending for what it did give me. But when it comes to what I do for you know this channel and what I and what I'm trying to encompass in my perspective on films is also good storytelling. And this does lack a little bit in that area, specifically towards the ending. Because again, if I have to look up the explanation of an ending for a film this simple. This isn't The Sixth Sense, you know what I'm saying? This isn't an M. Night Shyamalan twist. It makes perfect sense, but what doesn't make sense is where it's coming from. What I'm supposed to understand to why that twist is meant to be an even bigger twist for me. So, the twist is just that, yeah, it's not a haunting, it's not a ghost, it's not spirit, it's a man living in the walls. That twist, perfect. Love it. Who he is, I didn't understand. And when you can't fully translate that in your film... That's poor storytelling to me, and also just the matter of his deterioration doesn't make sense to me. Because again, the timeline you're setting up, it's it's weeks, it's months, it's not years. And this kind of deterioration that he's displaying looks like something that would take a couple of years. Unless you're trying to tell me as well that me as the viewer has to assume that this guy's crazy. So if I'm meant to just assume, okay, the guy has a couple of cognitive screws loose... Without explaining any of that backstory to lead me to that, I'm just meant to assume that, that maybe he went crazy out of love, it still doesn't make sense to a lot of the points of what he is, like, who he is as a character. He looks like a dude out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and those dudes are based on years of being molded into that. And this is happening to this guy over six months, seven months, maybe a year? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, it I take points away for poor storytelling, but it does get a lot more points for not only the story being real and the movie taking very close points from the real-to-life story, but also just, you know, the path leading up to that. You know, it is still a good journey to go on when you watch the film. Hopefully, um, you've seen it already and I didn't spoil too much for you, but if you haven't and you enjoyed like hearing like my point of view on it, uh, whether you have or haven't, uh, I still say give it another watch through and maybe you, maybe you also agree with me. Maybe you watched it and you're just like, you know, that makes perfect sense. Why, it, why does that guy look like that after like a couple of weeks living in the basement? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I might be the only one. But I'm going to go out on a whim and say I'm probably not.